This is Stacks and the City, the podcast about getting this money and achieving financial independence by any means necessary. And this is episode 12, the CEO Spotlight with Dominique Broadway. Let's get started. and happy Wednesday. It's Ashley here of Stacks and the City. Welcome to my show. I'm so glad you all are able to tune in for yet another exciting episode. We do have a really special guest I'm super excited about talking about, but first I am really proud to announce that myself, my real estate agent, Alex Sardinia, and my former lender, Troy Thoreau, are teaming up to host a home buying seminar in Arlington, Virginia on July 26th. It's going to be at Keller Williams Realty. We are going to discuss a three-part perspective on what the home buying process is like. You're gonna have it from myself, a two-time homeowner, Alex, a boss on the real estate front, as well as Troy, who's gonna give you the numbers, dollars, dimes, and cents on what it takes to be a homeowner. I will have the Eventbrite link in the show notes. Please check it out. I would love to meet you all or see you. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Ah! Anyway, in other news, you all, I really want to touch on this whole Kylie Jenner Forbes cover. Allegedly, she's supposed to be a billionaire before the decade's out. And I must say congratulations. However, the internet has been ablaze with the self-made commentary that the article suggests. Now, if you read the article, there are some questionable numbers. Some of the claims stated haven't necessarily been fact-checked. I believe Kris Jenner herself even said that. But the big, nonetheless, the biggest issue really is, is she actually self-made? Is she self-made? Is she not self-made? I don't know. Big question mark. Well, I think, honestly, she is. I know. I think the definition of being self-made is the ability to elevate your financial position. I think that she was able to do that. There are people in this world who do come from similar means to her and aren't able to accumulate that type of wealth. There are people who have a lot of money or who come from families with a lot of money, that generational wealth, and they just don't amount to much of anything. They just mooch off of their family's trust funds. So in that case, you know, fine. However, however, what I believe is one of the most difficult parts about being a business owner or starting a brand, starting a business, is having a platform to promote yourself. And y'all, that most certainly was not something she had to work for. She easily inherited that platform just from being a member of the Kardashian-Jenner family. So I think in terms of what self-made is, what it's not, it's definitely fuzzy. I think that she did work really hard on her line. However, I think that the exposure was easy for her. Anything with that name tends to sell from what I've seen, whether it be jeans or beauty products or television shows or club appearances or promotions. So she's simply following the footsteps of her family. So yeah, she had a pretty sweet setup. Let's let's not get that twisted. You know, it is a debate. It's definitely fuzzy. You know, I definitely see both sides of the story. I don't think that her self-maintenance came as difficult as it did for others. However, there are people who are on the uh, Forbes billionaire list who 
didn't do anything and earned their billions. Alice Walton is a good example of that. She is heir, she was the heir to the Walton family, the Walmart brand. All she did was basically come out of the right vagina. Whoops, I said it. Anyway, I digress. Let me know what you all think about that. I really wanna hear your comments on that. I know I'm a little late, but I thought I'd put my two cents in. Today, we do have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Dominique Broadway. She is someone who I look up to, I aspire to be. She is a money coach. She works with millennials. She helps people get this money and demystify their finances. Dominique Broadway is an award-winning financial planner, personal finance coach, speaker, finance expert, entrepreneur, and founder of Finances Demystified and the Social Money Tour. She has a strong passion for working with young professionals, entrepreneurs, and people of all ages to bring their dreams to reality. Dominique began working at major brokerage firms such as UBS Financial Services and Edelman Financial Services at the good old ripe age of 21, focusing on clients with $10 million and up in investable assets. Shortly after launching Finances Demystified, an award-winning organization that provides personal finance coaching and financial capability solutions, she was named one of the top financial advisors in the United States for millennials at the age of 28. Dominique is known to be highly favored to share her entrepreneur story, financial expertise, and words of wisdom to universities such as Georgetown, Howard, and the University of Maryland, among others, and corporations such as NBC Universal and numerous nonprofits. Dominique has also received various accolades, such as the top 30 under 30 in DC, the DC Future Business Leader of America Business Person of the Year, and was nominated for the Changemaker of the Year for her work with financial literacy. I am super excited about sharing this interview with you all because of the fact that this is a woman who does know about the dollars and cents. She knows about getting this money and she's able to share her finance story with others. Also, this is Home Ownership Month, so you know we're going to talk a little bit about how to be a homeowner and achieve financial independence through get the keys, get the keys to that dough. So that's enough talking for now. Without further ado, here's Dominique Broadway. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's real estate month, y'all. Oh my gosh. We're continuing our conversation about the ins and outs of real estate. And what better way to talk all things money and housing than the beautiful, the elite, the fabulous Dominique Broadway's here. Hey. Hey, thank you so much for having oh me. My, I'm excited no. to, to chat with you today. Oh, Steph, thank you. Thank you. Can you describe to me a, your finance story? All of, We all have one. How has been your relationship with finance? I know you talk about the relationship a lot. Yeah, I've, I've always had a pretty, um, well, I like, I like to think of, well, not always, but majority of the time I've had a really pretty, I guess, healthy relationship with money. Just I've always loved money. I know a lot of people say that's a bad thing to do, but I do. I love money because it, it provides me, you know, the freedom and ability to do what I want when I want, you know, and I think that that's why people want money, because they have more freedom and more flexibility, and so I, um, like I said, my, my relationship's always been pretty good, and, you know, really, even as a, as a child, starting businesses, um, when I was, like, seven years old, to even having businesses when I was in high school, and just really understanding, like, 
when you make your own money, you can pretty much do what you want. So that's always kind of been like my my relationship, I guess, with it so far. But what what makes your that mentality any different from someone who may not be as financially savvy as you? Because again, it's true, money you are able to quote unquote do whatever you want with it. I feel like you practice some discipline with that mentality. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely practice discipline. I mean, I think with, when it came to my finances, like no matter if I was earning a lot or earning or earning a little, you know, really understanding that I had to live within my means, but also, um, you know, making sure that making sure that I'm always like putting money aside for for later. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't they don't really get right, and so it's kind of like. What am I, you know, some people say, oh, what am I saving for and things of that nature. And it's not even necessarily that you have to be particularly saving for something particularly, but it's just having that money and that cushion. And I just, I like, I like the confidence that comes with having money, you know? Definitely. Um, and so, I, yeah, so I think for me, I think, I think that's kind of, you know, what, what has been, has been different. And I've, something I have to teach people often, it's like, you know, once you have, money or savings or whatever, you know, some people call it like that F you money so you can leave your job if you want or just <laughs> that, that um, cushion so that, you know, if your tire blows out or whatever happens, you can handle it and you're not put into a bad situation. Absolutely. So your so you're, you're money, your mentality is like when something, the pop off, something about to pop off money, something about to happen, you know how things mm-hmm. always seem to come up? <laughs> things don't always come up, quote unquote, with you because it's like you plan for them ahead of time. Yeah, no, totally, totally, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about Finances Demystified. I understand that you've created an entire platform. You have an entire uh, social media following regarding this relationship with money. Not only do you educate, but I really feel like you peer more into more so of our relationship with money. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I think, like I said, I just just realized after a while that, you know, obviously the, the, the money basics is important. So it's like, you know, budgeting, saving, investing, paying off your debt, credit, all that good stuff is very, very important. Um, and that's stuff that anyone technically could Google and get the answer to figure out how, Absolutely. how to tackle. But I think after a while, you know, I realized that a lot of people, it was like deeper than that, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, I'm making 50000 or or 100000 or whatever it may be, and I'm still paycheck to paycheck, what is wrong, right? And so right. it kind of goes a little bit deeper. So I think that's why I kind of focus on that, not, not exclusively, but I think that that's part of like your holistic like financial situation okay how do you how do you delve more into the relationship how do you how do you teach people to improve a relationship with money do they do you think people think they have a relationship with money is that a thing yeah yeah i think people a lot of times they don't they don't necessarily they don't realize that 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 is what's keeping them like stagnant and a lot of times like keeping them you know, and sometimes it's just having that conversation and thinking about, you know, talking about your experiences and like, you know, how those experiences impact you and like, you know, showing people like it doesn't matter if you make another fifty thousand a year extra on what you're on top of what you're making, mm. you're still going to be in the same situation if you can't figure this out. So like for a lot of people more money isn't the answer. It's figuring out why you can't even manage what you're currently making. Like I said, more money isn't isn't gonna necessarily fix things. Interesting, interesting. So describe to me a little bit more about why you felt the need to help people. Because you, to me, you like you said, you have you've always been pretty healthy about your money. You have a pretty solid relationship. What what made you want to use that to actually benefit others? Um, 
Um, so I think for for me, you know, my background, I was um, a financial planner at like these high net worth companies, and you know, my friends were constantly coming to me asking me for financial advice because I bought I bought my first house when I was twenty two before I graduated college, and I graduated college with like a two point three GPA, mm-hmm. so I barely got out of there. But essentially, it was interesting because I I literally um, moved from my dorm to my condo and my friends who had higher GPAs and you know everything they're just like whoa like what what have you been doing this whole time that I have not been doing and so I think with people constantly asking me for help and and at the firms that I worked at you had to have you know a half million or a million dollars to become a client and so and so it kind of just showed me like okay there's this huge gap for people that want people that that want to know how to manage your money, but they can't because they don't they don't have they don't have enough money to learn how to manage your money, which yeah. you know, which is silly. And so yeah. that's really kind of what kind of prompted me to, to kind of to launch this. <clears throat> wow, wait, what were you doing undergrad? That is because twenty two is like really really young. What were you doing different yeah, from your colleagues? So I was um I was saving. I was I was saving my money as I worked like. I was working and doing like marketing campaigns for various brands, which ended up getting me like a longer term role with with them. Starbucks, like with Starbucks, I'm actually doing managing their experiential marketing campaign, so that helped. But I was probably more focused on working in school. I thought school was like really boring. I was like, they weren't doing a lot of stuff. Um, and so I was able to kind of take a lot of that money and like and save some of it. But in addition to that, I set a goal. Like I. Mm. Once I graduated high school, I told my mom, like, I'm not moving back home. I love my parents. So I was like, I'm, I'm not moving back home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, when I graduate, I'm moving into my own spot, and I'm going to buy it. And I, I set that goal early on. And so mm. I always that's what I used to work towards. So that it. was, I think, what set me, yeah, kind of set me different or set me apart from some of my, some of my friends who weren't even thinking that far in right. So it sounds so it sounds to me like like you said having a goal and understanding that this is something that happens in what in next week. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not something that like you said that happens overnight. And I think I understand that. And a lot of people didn't. Like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. trying this. This isn't working, and, and completely giving up. And so I think it's really important for people to, like set that goal and then you know and really work towards it. Yeah, and y'all it, it chip like, away. Oh, None of this stuff you know happens overnight yeah yeah I, I love it. yeah just chip away I, I think we're in a in a um in an environment where we need the instant gratification like I had a friend who really wanted to buy a home but I she tried to do it in like like three weeks she made up in her mind she did it or she didn't end up doing it but I really think she wanted it just for the for the likes on Instagram I feel like that happens a lot particularly with younger people who are looking to be homeowners so you need that that gratification yeah, yeah. There wasn't even an Instagram around. I bought uh, it. I don't know. <laughs> just let them know, y'all. But, let but them know. Do that. Yeah, yeah. So this is Real Estate Month here on Sex in the City. So we are talking all things real estate. I know that you are a young homeowner. What are some of your tips that you have for people who are thinking about being a homeowner? Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really not difficult at all. Like I said, I was, I was 22. I mean, I was making, I can't even remember my starting salary, maybe 40. It wasn't tons of, I wasn't making tons of money. <laughs> and people feel like we need to have that. I think to me, to buy a house, all you need is, is 
good credit in a job to me. I mean, it's just like <laughs> qualifying for, for a car, you know, and I think it's, you know, I went through like first time homebuyer programs and like, you okay. know, I think that people need to be more resourceful, you know, if, if, if that's the goal to get resourceful and make it happen. And so those are the things that I, were re- I was researching, like as I was preparing to buy a house while I was still in college, you know, and so wow. I think that anytime anyone wants something bad enough, they're going to, they're going to figure out how they can make it happen and I've only bought that that one house um and I actually just sold it in in December oh congratulations but, you know my plan thank you thank you yeah my plan was to to buy additional properties but instead I I um I started my business and which was uh-huh. which has been such a huge blessing I don't I don't I wouldn't have been able to, to buy additional properties and and to leave my job and, and start my business because I, I took a huge hit financially with starting my business. Um, oh. And so I wish I could have bought more at the time, you know, but I, but I couldn't. But being able to sell the property after having it for 10 years left me with a huge, you know, chunk of change from, from that. Y'all, it's called um, equity. It was really cool because it essentially <laughs> was, yeah, exactly. The equity's in the house from the sale of the home. And, you know, it was cool because it was almost like I you know, got, got all the mortgage back that I had paid and I had a dope spot to live in for 10 years, you know, and now I can take that money. And obviously with my, my higher earnings and, you know, I'm looking for additional properties to buy, um, credits relocated to Houston in Houston and in some of the other areas. And so I think, you know, it really, to me, that one big thing really set me up for, for wealth. Um, even though I took a huge financial hit and basically went broke out of my company, but it's still, you know, the house itself maintained the value and it, you know, allowed me to still be, be on top despite the the financial setback that I had. So for me, it's, you know, it's been something that's been like a game changer financially, but I also think that more people need to realize that it's really not something that's hard to do. Like, I was not the smartest chick. I wasn't the wealthiest chick. No. I was, you know what I mean? I was just like the most resourceful. You were sa- right, resourceful <laughs> um, and savvy. Yeah. And I had a goal, and I had a goal, and I knew that, you know, anything we want to do in life, we really can't do it, especially with Google, you yeah. know, so it's kind of like, you know, I think, I think that, that's all that was really different. That's awesome. That, that really is. What are some of the resources that you recommend for people? I think NACA is great. I didn't use NACA personally. I've heard of you. I've heard of that. great resource. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. I've, I've sent a lot of my clients there. Um, it's NACA that. Or I think or.com. I can't remember. I think it's NACA.org, uh-huh. NACA.org, I believe. Um, and then also too, I think checking um, checking like with your your local government, you'd be surprised because one of the units that I bought was considered a moderately priced dwelling unit, which was for technically people who were considered lower income. And so at the time, I was making like forty, and based on the cost of living in the area, that made me like a lower income purchaser and so I was eligible for like all these programs and things of that nature and, and able to get like a really really nice spot brand new construction wow. and so if you if you can identify what area you want to be in you can look for a moderately priced dwelling unit or an affordable dwelling unit um even like the interesting thing is like even in DC that's where I'm from um I was uh looking at some affordable dwelling unit um programs recently just you know kind of see what the market's doing and uh interesting like to qualify for those you have to make less than like it was like ninety eight thousand. like that's that's insane like ninety eight thousand puts you in an affordable dwelling unit that's like crazy, that's crazy yeah. right but the cost of living is so high yeah so Dude, i think a lot of times people feel like oh i make too much money and that's not the case you know just kind of take some time and research and see what programs are out there 
Awesome. So, if you, y'all, if you want something badly enough, just go get it. That's what I got from that. Yeah. You got to go run for it. Run and get it. So, there's also, there's a great debate. I have two questions for you, actually. So, there's a great debate about, mm-hmm. like, investing in the market versus investing in home ownership. And I tell people that it's general, they're both long-term investments. Do you think that the mm-hmm. modern millennial would benefit more from putting more money into uh, the market, and with or without an understanding of the stock market, or in in going the home ownership mm-hmm. route, because some people say it's not necessary for us. Like renting is fine. Renting has lower returns at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think the way I look at it is we all gotta live somewhere, so that's pretty much guaranteed. So it yeah. doesn't hurt to to own it. You know, I mean, yeah. I like I said, I know for me personally that was a huge. It was that was major for me in my wealth building strategy, but. Right now, I'm actually renting for the first time in my entire life because I just moved to Houston and I wasn't sure, you know, if I wanted to stay or not. But I think it is a great thing to do. Um, and I, actually, I love it. I mean, if I'm renting for a while, I'm not responsible for anything. It's really cool. <laughs> um, you know, but like I said, I am looking to find that. But you have to, you got to think about it. It's like, okay, if you're going to be paying this money every single month, you might as well um, have something to show for it other than just, a roof over your head for this month. It'd be great to have, you know, some check or something that you can pass on down to mm. someone else later on in life. So you just figure out what your goals are, but I mean, it's hard to say do one or the other. I I say if you can, do both. Like, I, I want to own properties and be in in um, in the stock market as well because that that's how you build a true wealth, a true uh, wealth portfolio. You know, you have that diversification of, like, real estate or stocks mutual funds and all that good stuff. So yes. I, I think if you can do both, but remember that you got to live somewhere and you don't want to be paying rent when you're like 80 years old. Like the goal is that you get to a point where you don't have all these bills. So keep that in mind as well. Okay. So y'all, yeah, one size doesn't always fit all. Great. So I know you've seen this recent tweet. We're supposed to have, or double your salary savings by the time you turn 35. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think that's a good... Yeah, I think that's a, it is a good rule of thumb. I think, you know, most people don't. They, most, I mean, most of the people that I work with, if they're, I mean, I'm 33. If they're 30, they are, um, they usually don't, nowhere near that. Like, yeah. they have, like, $2,000 saved. Every now and then I'll find someone, especially, like, I have a lot of clients that work at, like, Google and stuff like that. And they get a lot of stock options and Right. You know, they've, they've kind of, they've been able to do it. But other than that, most people, they're nowhere near that. And I think that, you know, it's a huge indicator of how your life will be. So if you have two, three thousand mm. dollars saved at 30, nine times out of 10, you're going to have two, three thousand dollars saved at, at 40. Interesting. Um, if, if, if you continue those habits. And so that's how you end up being 60 with two, three thousand dollars saved. And most people, the most money that they do have saved is in their retirement plans because it's the one thing that's happening automatically through their entire life. And so right. that's why I tell people, if you want to save something, you got to set it up to save automatically. Like, I'm an amazing, I'm an amazing saver, but I'm also a great spender. And you got to know that about yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like making sure that you're pulling that money away from yourself so that you're saving it for your future self, you know? I think that's really important. Okay. So yeah, it's it's supposed to have double yeah double your salary. It's so funny you're saying that because um, you are right. I like everything you said was right. They said that everybody um, like Twitter, Instagram, everyone uproars like that's impossible. You can't do that. But I think like you said, it's understanding yourself and setting a goal. And if it has to be automatic retirement, then then by all means do that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. 
So now we're about to do questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. No bars, okay. no barriers. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who are you? Dominique Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I am a millennial personal finance expert. What is your most prized possession? My family. What is your biggest financial setback? Going broke after starting my company. And your biggest financial success? Uh, um, mm, a lot of successes. I would say probably buying, buying my house and, and, and selling it was a, was a big financial success. Awesome. And what are you doing to get this money? I am fortunate that I get to help other people manage their money and it helps me get my money. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you.